Well, I just want to say that I'm here because of an independent Baptist missionary. 1972 came to Auckland, New Zealand. I heard the gospel there on the 11th of February, 1973. Trusted Jesus Christ as my saviour. But it didn't end there, praise God. The second independent Baptist missionary that came to New Zealand in 1973 came to the hometown of my wife, and I'd like to introduce my wife, Hedda. She's down the back there. Stand up and wave your hand for everybody. And um, she got saved and um, trusted the Lord as a saviour, but it didn't end there. We're here. And I'm glad to also introduce to you um, a dear friend of mine, part of our church, Charles Luce. You stand and wave out to everybody. And Charles got saved when a Baptist preacher came from England. We've got someone from London, England there. And um, he preached in the Baptist Tabernacle, which was founded and built by Thomas Spurgeon, son of Charles Spurgeon. And um, he was an Englishman, but he was fluent in Mandarin. And he preached the gospel, and um, at the end of the message, Charles was the first one down the front there and trusted Christ as a saviour, and it didn't end there. See, the work that missionaries do isn't just saving souls, but training them so that they will go out and do likewise. And um, I just thank God for the work Heritage Baptist Church does. Heartland Baptist Bible College is doing training people, sending people out to take the glorious message of Christ all around this world. I invite you to turn to Romans chapter 9. I'm going to read a couple of verses there, and I'd like to share with you this evening on the subject of a burden for souls. Romans chapter 9, we'll just read the first three verses for sake of time. The Apostle Paul writes in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. I'd like to share with you this evening on the subject of having a real deep burden to see our fellow countrymen saved. Yes, we very much get involved in missions, and sometimes we give and we work so that other people in other countries come to know Jesus Christ as Saviour. But I want you to know that if you don't care for people that live next door to you, that you eat morning tea across from five days a week, how can you really care for other people in their furthest parts of the world? In Luke chapter 24, verse 47, when the Lord Jesus Christ gave the Great Commission, do you remember what he said? He said, beginning... At Jerusalem, And if you want to be involved in missions, it's not when the missions offering plate goes round. When you want to be involved in missions, it starts right here in your Jerusalem as you share the gospel with your family, your friends, your community. And I want to share with you on that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray you give strength to my voice. I pray, Lord, you'd use me as your vessel and speak through me to my heart and the hearts of each one that's here. We pray it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to start by making a confession to you. The confession I want to make to you is that I am not even close to where the Apostle Paul was when he said there in verse 3, For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. It makes me reflect upon what Moses said in Exodus 32 and verse 32 when he said, Yet now... If thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. 
John Bunyan, another Englishman, author of Pilgrim's Progress, put in prison for preaching the gospel. Many a times when he preached, he said this, that he often felt while preaching that he could give his own salvation for the salvation of his hearers. And my prayer for myself, and I pray it would be a prayer for yourself, that you would have such a burden for those in your community that are lost, that you might even come a little bit closer to when these men said that they would be willing to give their own salvation so that their own loved ones would know Jesus Christ as their saviour. As we talk about a burden, verse 2 gives us a bit of an idea of what a burden is. He says that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. The word burden in English means something that's pressing, something that's oppressive. The Greek word here means a pressing down. And when we talk about a burden for souls, it's a burden that's on our heart. And when we talk about our heart, we're of course not talking about that organ that beats away there and pumps the blood around our body. It's what the Bible also calls our soul. It's the real you. It's your mind, it's your will, it's your emotions. And I like to think of it this way, that when you think about your heart, it's your thinker, your chooser, and your feeler. That's a good way to remember it. Having a burden on upon our heart so that it affects the way we think, it affects the choices we make, and it affects the way we feel. And so when we talk about having a burden on our heart, we're talking about that which changes the way we think, that changes the choices we make in our lives, and changes the way we feel. The big question, of course, is how do I get a burden? And when I thought about how do I get a burden, my mind straight away went to Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 51. The prophet Jeremiah was sitting there by the way and he's watched the people go past. past. It says in verse 51, he said, Mine eye affecteth mine heart. And as I meditated upon that, I thought about some other passages. And as I thought of that, I thought of Luke chapter 15 and verse 20. And you're familiar with the story of the prodigal son and the prodigal father, prodigal's father. And in verse 20 of Luke 15, it says that his father saw him and had compassion. Jeremiah said, mine eye affecteth mine heart. The prodigal father, when he saw him, he had compassion. Sometimes the littlest words in the Bible are the most powerful. And I decided to look up that word saw. And when I looked up the word saw, the Greek word for that is the Greek word "ado." Now that's with a New Zealand accent, okay? In case you think I mispronounced it, which I probably did. But you know the word "ado," that word saw, a very simple word, it means this. To see and understand. It's not just to look at somebody, but when it says that the father saw him, he saw him and he understood. See, as he came towards him, he didn't just see the dirty, filthy smelling rags upon him. He didn't see the unkempt state, but what he did was he saw his son and he understood exactly what he'd been through. And for that reason, he had compassion on him. And that exact same word is used in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, and it was already quoted this evening, where it talks about Jesus and it says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Same word, saw, Edo, English, New Zealand accent again. To see and understand. 
when Jesus saw the multitudes, not only did he see them with his eyes, but he understood what they were going through. See, if we see and understand people as they really are, it's going to touch our heart. And that's why Jeremiah said that. Mine eye affecteth mine heart. Not only do I see them going by, but I understand what they're going through and what's happening in their lives. And no wonder the Apostle Paul said in chapter 10 of Romans, verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And as I think about a burden for souls, if we could see what Jeremiah saw, if we could see as the prodigal father saw, if we could see as Jesus saw, in fact, if we could see as God sees lost people, we would get a burden. And I want to just share with you a few thoughts that will help us to see and understand and that it would affect our hearts and would give us a burden for those in our family, our friends, our workmates, our community, our schools, that we would see them saved. I think firstly, if we could see and understand the love of God. If we would see and understand the love of God, it would give us a burden for souls. What Paul and Moses and John Bunyan desired to do, do you know Jesus actually did it? He did it willingly and he did it lovingly. In Romans 5 verse 8 it says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. And here's the clinching one. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Jesus Christ, when he took our sin and died on the cross, he demonstrated his great love for us. And in doing that, he was made a curse for us. And when we see and understand the great love that God has for those that are lost, it will touch our heart and it will give us a burden for those that are lost. Robert Moffat, who was a missionary to Africa, he said this, Oh, that I had a thousand lives and a thousand bodies. All of them should be devoted to no other employment but to preach Christ to these degraded, despised, yet beloved Mortals. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14, For the love of Christ constraineth us. If we truly see and understand the love that God has for those that are lost, it will give us a burden for them. Secondly, I'd like us to see and understand the grace of God. See, if we see and understand the grace of God, I believe it will give us a burden for souls. As you read in Ephesians chapter 2, and it talks about how God is rich in mercy, not giving us what we deserve. How God is rich in grace, giving us what we do not deserve. And when we truly understand God's grace to a lost soul, I believe that will truly give us a burden for those that are lost. Oswald Smith, who was a pastor but had a big heart for missions, he said this, no one has the right to hear the gospel twice while there remains someone who has not heard it once. 
And folks, we have the wonderful privilege week after week to sit in our churches and hear the wonderful grace of God proclaimed. And yet there's people that we interact with every day during the week that have never heard of God's grace. Oswald Smith also said this, we talk of the second coming. Half the world has never heard of the first. And folks, when you consider God's grace to this world that was demonstrated on the cross of Calvary, God's richness and mercy and God's richness and grace, if we see and understand that, it ought to give us a burden for those that are lost. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. If we truly understand who we are and that it is only because of God's grace and understand that God's grace is rich and available to everyone, it ought to give us a burden to share that grace with them. Thirdly, I'd like us to see and understand the judgment of God. And if we truly see and understand the judgment of God, I believe that will give us a burden for souls as well. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, it says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. See, sometimes we get so comfortable going on in life and thinking, yes, one day I will talk to that person. But we really need to get a hold of the fact that that person at any moment could die, and that's it. After that's the judgment, and it's too late. There is no second chances. There's no purgatory. There's no other opportunities. They need to hear the gospel of Christ today while there's still an opportunity for them to be saved. You read Revelation chapter 20, and you read how that the dead, small and great, are going to stand before God. And the books are going to be opened. And if their names are not found written in the book of life, they're going to be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And folks, if we truly understand the judgment of God, the fact that everybody has an appointment with death and nobody knows when that is, and it's followed by judgment, and if their names aren't written in that book, they're going to be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. Revelation chapter 21, we love reading that, the description of heaven and how beautiful it is. But verse 27 tells us that the only people that are going to get into heaven are those whose names are written in that book of life. And that shows us how important it is that we tell people the good news of Jesus, so that they can have their names written in that book of life. And I want to say to you this evening, if you're here this evening and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Saviour, your name's not in that book. And the day you die and you stand before God and the book's open and your name's not there, your eternal destination is the lake of fire. You need to trust Jesus Christ today. You need to trust him today. Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China. He said this, <coughs> excuse me, would that God would make hell so real to us that we cannot rest. Heaven so real that we must have men there. Christ so real that our supreme motive and aim shall be to make the man of sorrows the man of joy by the conversion to him of many. See, if we truly see and understand the truth, the reality of God's judgment, it would give us a burden for souls. Charles Spurgeon, he's from England too. If sinners will be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. And if they will perish, let them perish with our arms about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled 
At least let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let not one go there unwarned and unprayed for. If we truly understand, see and understand the judgment of God, it would give us a burden for souls. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 11, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Folks, we truly see and understand God's judgment that's coming to those who are unsaved, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. It ought to give us a burden on our heart to tell them about Jesus. (coughs) And then lastly, number four, I believe if we see and understand the heart of God, it will give us a burden for souls. If we see and understand the heart of God, it will give us a burden for souls. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What's God's heart for your family member? What's God's heart for your friend, for your workmate, for your schoolmate? What's God's heart for your neighbour, the person across the street? God's heart is that he's not willing that any should perish, but that they all should come to repentance. God's heart for your lost friend, family member, is that they would turn from their sin and that they would not perish. We see it again in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4. It says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. What's God's heart? God's heart is that all would be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But what needs to happen is we need to see and understand that and get a burden for it and go and tell those people. Go and share the good news that Jesus Christ loved them so much that he took their sins, paid the price with his precious blood to bring forgiveness and to give eternal life so that their names would be written in that book of life and that they will spend eternity in heaven. If we truly understand, see and understand God's heart, God's heart very clearly is he doesn't want anybody to perish and go to hell. He doesn't want to see anybody destroyed. He wants everybody to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But they need to hear. And they need to believe. And they need to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. And how are they going to hear? Unless somebody tells them. And that's us. We need to get a burden on our heart that we need to tell them so that they can hear God's word, they can believe, and they can call upon him to save them. Hudson Taylor, who we already mentioned, said, The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Jesus five times told us to go and take the good news of salvation. Matthew 28, verse 20, he said, Go ye therefore. Mark 16, verse 15, Go ye into all the world. John 20, and verse 21, As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And yet so often we just sit on the sidelines and watch what's going on and see loved ones, family members, workmates pass into eternity without Jesus Christ. Folks, we need to get a burden on our hearts. And I believe we'll get a burden on our hearts when we truly see and understand. That we don't just look at people and pass by, but that we actually see and understand their condition 
and their need of Christ. D.L. Moody said that he would often walk down the street and he would look at people as though they had an L, not that they were a loser, but that they had an L on their forehead, that they were lost. That he was constantly thinking, these are people that are lost and on their way to hell, and how important it is that I share the good news of the gospel with them. Jesus Christ gave us only one prayer request. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Unfortunately, what we do when it comes to missions is we pray, God, send somebody else. I'll put money in the offering so that somebody else will go. But what did Jesus say? Beginning at Jerusalem. Beginning in your house. Beginning in your school. Beginning in your workplace. Beginning in your street. That's where mission starts. And we need to get a burden on our heart as we see and understand their true need. And let's pray not God send somebody else. But let's pray tonight God send me. Put a burden on my heart this week for someone in my family that I go and talk to them. Put a burden on my heart this week for somebody at work that I will go and talk to them. Give me a burden, Lord, that I begin to pray and give me the opportunity to be able to share the good news of the gospel with them. Jeremiah said, mine eye affecteth mine heart. And when we truly see and understand I believe God will give us a burden for those that are lost.